You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog covering the Chargers and doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which we've been doing for the past six seasons. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show today. A special thank you to all of our new listeners. As always, we really appreciate you guys checking out the show. It's another special thank you to all of our loyal fans as well, checking back in with us. If you guys don't know where to find the show and don't know how to subscribe, you can find it wherever you get your podcast from on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also listen to us on the Radio.com app as well. But on today's show, since it is the middle of the week, on a week that the Chargers haven't really made any signings, we're going to be looking at other players who have signed for very cheap contracts in an article done by Jason Reed from BoltBeat.com and talk about it. The Chargers should have pounced on some of these really cheap free agents that have gone to other teams, including... A couple of former Chargers on the offensive line as well. So that's where we'll start the show in the first two segments. We'll go offense and defense. And then to wrap up the show, we'll talk about what our plan would be for the rest of free agency, what we think about what they've done so far, and maybe some guys that we'd be target, targeting going forward. We'll also get into if the Chargers need any draft help at the running back and safety positions, as well as why the Chargers can't solidify the kicking position. So let's go ahead and get into it. Jason Reed from BoltBeat.com has put together six free agents that went to other teams very cheap that the Chargers should have signed, and there's a couple of familiar names early on in this list. Let's start with Cole Toner, because this was a guy that you never wanted to see the field a couple of years ago, but then last year, obviously with a very low bar set by the rest of the Chargers offensive line, he was able to come in and you know he was one of the more impressive players in the very limited snaps that we saw from him. He's a guy that's been around with the Chargers for a while and now has gone to the Texans on a one-year, $1 million deal, which isn't very much money. I could see the argument, David. I mean, I understand the start-from-scratch aspect of what the Chargers are doing with the offensive line because they needed front-line help at pretty much every position. But, I mean, I wouldn't have totally cared if the Chargers brought back Cole Toner on a one-year, $1 million deal because, as we've seen, the starting five offensive line that start the first game of the season are never... The, team, the line that finishes the season for the Chargers. Yeah, and familiarity is always important, but, I mean, he wasn't great. I mean, let's all, let's always remember, Cole Toner came in and he, he played, I mean, I would say average, maybe below, a little bit below average. I mean, he was never phenomenal at anything. So, yeah, one year, one million, that's not a lot of money, and, yes, he would be a backup, and he might be able to provide quality depth but it's clear to me that uh, Brandon Staley and his offensive staff evaluated this entire offensive line and they didn't like pretty much anything that they saw so they have uh, went to work quickly uh, revamping and remaking that offensive line and unfortunately Cole Toner however small a role he would actually play was not in the plans for the Chargers yeah and I'm not necessarily kicking them for not bringing him back either right I mean this was a guy who we've seen in preseason. Yeah, he's like, before. Eh, you know? Yeah, totally. It's, it's just a meh. Yeah, it's not anything that I would be kicking myself over. But I can still admit that the Chargers need depth on the offensive line. They still need a starting left tackle, 
which is why I think many Charger fans actually rejoiced when they saw that their former left tackle signed with the Indianapolis Colts. Sam Tevy goes to the Colts. The financials aren't out on that deal yet, but it's hard to imagine that they'll feel good about Sam Tevy going into the season as the starting left tackle, but Sam Tevy is coming off of his best season, right? He is also a guy who's a sixth-round pick, former defensive lineman, took time to adjust, but also was one of the worst right tackles in the NFL. Last season, we were screaming from the mountaintops, how could you be going into the season with Sam Tevy as your left tackle, who is one of the worst right tackles in the league, and feel good about that. But he surprised us in another situation where he really had a low bar to try to get over as far as surprising us. But on a terrible offensive line, as Jason Reed puts on here, he was one of the few bright spots. So I don't necessarily blame the Chargers for not bringing back Sam Tevy. I mean, I think with the overhaul, the rebuilding of this offensive line means that you can't really bring back a lot of the starters that you have last year. But if it's a choice between Trey Pipkins or Sam Tevy at left tackle, which is what the situation looks like right now, I mean, that's a pretty easy decision. So that one's a little bit tougher, but I'm not kicking myself that the Chargers don't have Sam Tevy lining up to protect Justin Herbert's blind side. No, you're not. But I mean, you have to commend Sam Tevy for moving over to the left side last year and, and playing at, at a respectable level. I mean, like you said, we were terrified. I mean, we were petrified going into this season with Sam Tevy as the starting left tackle for this team because we've seen what he did on the right side, which wasn't very much. I mean, we saw him get whooped many, many times. So to see him switch over to the left side and play adequately, I mean, I thought that was, uh, you know, a feather, you know, a tip of the cap to Sam Tevy for going out there and performing well. But yeah, I'm not losing any sleep over Sam Tevy not being the, the left tackle. I mean, he wasn't a world, a world beater. He wasn't a phenomenal pass protector. He wasn't a road grader uh, in the run game. He didn't have any special skills or talents. And he's not really the guy that you want to be protecting Justin Herbert's blind side. I mean, you just want something, someone with more of a pedigree, with someone more of a base, someone who you can stick and put there and feel really good about that. And I don't think Sam Tevy was that guy. Trey Pipkins is definitely not that guy either, but that's why left tackle is still the number one priority for the Chargers to address, whether that's in free agency or more than likely in the draft. And if the Chargers had brought back Sam Tevy, I think it would have been nuclear warfare probably on Chargers Twitter. Like, how are you still going back to this? For me, obviously, I hope his ascension continues, you know. But right now, at the same time, that's the year that looks like the outlier of his career so far. I mean, he could definitely be better on the left side, which he was. At the same time, you're setting your sights a little bit higher than that. I appreciate the fact that the Chargers want to do better than bringing back Sam Tevy, while still realizing, hey, you know, for the right price, it wouldn't have been the worst move in the world, especially if he wasn't planning to be your starter. But the last one on here is interesting because it comes from a division rival, and it's Philip Lindsay, who just signed a deal with the Houston Texans for $3.25 million. And Jason Reputz, he thinks it's one of the steals of the offseason. And he's a guy that I've always admired just because he's absolutely killed the Chargers. There's definitely some downside to it. He's not a good pass protector. When he's on the field, you know pretty much what's going to happen there. And I know that was, you know, part of the reason why he didn't stick around in Denver with the offense that they're running there. But what would you have thought the Chargers, even though we're not, you know, in the market of spending money on free agent running backs, had decided to take a guy from the Broncos? Yeah, I mean, if anything, just to keep him away from the Chargers, right? I mean, the enemy of my enemy is my friend right. in that situation. Man, he destroyed the Chargers on several occasions. So 
I mean, Philip Lindsay as a player, it just seems like a poor man's Austin Eckler, to be honest with you. I don't think he does anything better than Austin does. I don't think he would really bring any type of dynamic that the Chargers don't already possess. I mean, I respect Philip Lindsay and what he's done in his career, but I think there's already three running backs on this roster that have similar profiles to Philip Lindsay. So, I mean, I'm I'm happy for him that he got a new contract, and I'm even happier that he's out of the AFC West and we don't have to contend with him twice a year. But, I mean, Philip Lindsay is a, a solid NFL player, and yes, Daniel, I'm not spending any type of money on the running back position when there are so many other positions that would the Chargers need to fill and just how volatile that position is and how easily you can find production to replace that. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in the voicemail segment as well and talking about what we think the Chargers need to do at that position. But I don't really understand the Austin Eckler comps, honestly. I mean, he's nowhere as good of a wide receiver as Austin Eckler is, or at least a pass-catching running back. I mean, Eckler at Emphasis times, on the poor man. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that that's a, a very good comp, but I do think that Philip Lindsay is a better runner than Austin Eckler is. I think you could have used some of that, but on a $3.25 million tag that would have all had to have been on the 2021 salary cap, I think the Chargers could spend their money elsewhere, bringing in a, you know, a middle-of-the-pack guard, bringing in some depth at certain positions, that I think need to be filled much more than I think the running back position needs to be filled. But there was also three defenders that Jason Reed talks about, cheap contracts that the Chargers should have brought in on a side of the ball they really haven't addressed in free agency. So we're going to get into those positions. And if we think the Chargers missed out on those guys coming up right after this, but first I need to tell you guys about Built Bar Madness because the bracket you guys should all be talking about is taking place right now at BuiltBar.com where the best tasting protein bars on the planet are going up against each other in a wild bracket that has already had some major upsets. And on today's matchup, we have coconut almond versus cookies and cream. And I do like the coconut brownie chunk. I think that one is kind of set itself apart from the other coconut flavors. But here I'm going cookies and cream all the way. I think it's the only way to go in this matchup. So I think cookies and cream will be advancing, even though coconut almond is a worthy adversary I think this is where their Cinderella run ends. But if you guys want to get your input on which protein bar is the best, make sure to go to BuiltBar.com and check out their social media on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. And as always, you guys can save some money on Built Bar since you listen to the podcast. When you use the promo code LOCKED15, you can get 15% off your next order. It doesn't have to be your first order. It just has to be your next order. That's LOCKED15, all caps, one word at BuiltBar.com. All right, well, we have a few more players to talk about here as far as cheap players the Chargers should have targeted in free agency. And I think we've had those moments where we've seen guys sign for other teams and it's like, well, the Chargers could have used that guy, especially for that price. So this is based on an article from BoltBeat.com and the author is Jason Reed. And getting over to the defensive side, there's some interesting names on here. But let's start with Barkevius Mingo, who, as he puts it, went to the Falcons on a really cheap deal, $1.25 million deal. The Chargers have almost no outside linebacker depth, but this is also a guy that hasn't played very well lately. And at some point, if you're getting cheap guys, you're going to have to bet on a bounce back season. Do you think the Chargers missed out on this small signing that could have paid dividends for them in 2021? I mean, the Chargers need to try to add any kind of pass rush that they can find right now. I mean, after the performance or lack thereof that they provided last year, I think they do need to try to add 
as many type of pieces as they can. And for $1.25 million, I mean, that's a drop in the bucket. And, yeah, he hasn't really done much in his NFL career after, you know, getting drafted pretty highly. He doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence or energy or excitement for me. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's like a huge loss. I mean, yes, I think they need to add pass rush, but I don't know if Barkevius Minga, who, by the way, has one of the best names in the NFL, I don't just don't think he is a fit for the Chargers. Yeah, for me, I mean, I think that, you know, you would like to see, oh, hey, what can Brandon Staley kind of do with this guy that has bounced around, has all the talent to be successful, but has never really put it together, never had more than five sacks in a season, and that was his rookie season with Cleveland, and has bounced around the league since then. So I don't think the Chargers should be kicking themselves about this move. I think, you know, this would have been a really experimental project if the Chargers thought that they could kind of revive Barkevius Mingo's career so that one doesn't bother me as much and I think there's you know some other guys out there or just you know other guys that Brandon Staley could bring in in the draft that could potentially help more than that but the next one on here is interesting because this is a guy I really wanted a couple of years ago LaMarcus Joyner signed with the New York Jets on a one-year three million dollar deal and this is a guy who when he was a free agent coming from the Rams he was a guy I thought would make a lot of sense for the Chargers. This was pre-Nazir Adderley, right? And we are all thinking, hey, look, you can put this guy out there with Derwin James and have a pretty significant safety group that you would feel pretty good about. And then he goes to Las Vegas. He ends up playing poorly and was part of one of the worst defenses in the NFL. But as another guy that, even at his age, I think could use a change of scenery to kind of reclaim something that kind of got him that big deal with the Raiders to begin with. One year, $3 million deal. I think I've talked about a lot what I think about the safety position for the Chargers right now. This is a guy that brings versatility. He wants to play mostly safety. I think with the Chargers safety situation and the uncertainty around Derwin James and Nazir Adderley as far as health and performance, I wouldn't have minded bringing in LaMarcus Joyner. Yeah, I agree with you, actually. I mean, I think uh, as a veteran presence to, to be in that room and kind of be a little bit of a security blanket in case something does happen to Derwin, obviously we're all praying and hoping that he comes back healthy and can be the Derwin James we all want and know that he is capable of being. But LaMarcus Joyner, is, he's been solid. I mean, I think that... He would be a good, uh, this would have been a good opportunity for him to be in a good room to where he doesn't have to be the guy. He doesn't have to be the, the one that everyone's depending on. And maybe that will allow him to get back into his groove. I mean, we, we saw that with Denzel Perriman, where he wasn't the starter and he was put in a rotational situation and he started to play much, much better. So that could have been it. But I think another safety comes to mind for me. Um, when we're talking about safeties that signed for cheap deals is Anthony Harris. I mean, he signed a, a one-year $5 million deal, and this guy a couple of years ago was one of the best safeties in the NFL, I mean, or could be argued as one of the best safeties in the NFL, Daniel. So, I mean, Anthony Harris for $5 million or LaMarcus Joyner for three, I'm just like, man, I would have loved to have either one of those guys. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I was surprised to see that deal being as low as it was, but – as far as LaMarcus Joyner goes, I mean, it was just a night and day difference when he was with the Rams, and then when he went to the Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, he had an 87.7 passer rating when targeted his last year with the Rams. He goes to Las Vegas in the next year. It's 109.8, and some of that is obviously on the player as well, but I do think that a change of scenery could have helped, and I think for that price tag, it's easy to get behind, and we'll talk more about why we think the Chargers do need to add help at the safety position in the next segment with the voicemails. But another area that they really need help is the defensive interior because Limbaugh Joseph 
can't do it by himself. I don't know if anyone at this point is sold on Jerry Tillery or Justin Jones. I mean, two of the mainstays on the Chargers defensive line. Maybe this new system helps these guys out. But right now, the run defense, as Jason Reed puts it, could be this team's Achilles heel. Achilles heel. And right now, it's hard to argue that because we've seen that so many times with the Chargers. The Chargers haven't made a lot of additions on that side of the ball so far in free agency. So when Quentin Jefferson signs a one-year three-plus million-dollar deal, a cheap deal for a defensive tackle. I mean, I think you're always interested, and I think there's probably a lot of guys that could come in at that position, you know, with Jarrell Casey, you know, and Dominican Sue, that could help as well. Yeah, Dalvin Tomlinson, another guy who signed for a pretty low deal. I know that that John definitely liked mm-hmm. liked him a lot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this guy had uncharacteristically low grade against the, the run uh, this year, but if you look at years past, he was, you know, very, very strong in that area. A guy that provides some pass rush. I mean, hey, I mean, a guy who can help you against the run and provide some pass rush up the middle, I mean, I think you're always looking for those type of guys, and for this this contract, I mean, that seems like if they if the if his new team gets that kind of production for that money, I mean, that is a win, a huge win. Yeah, I mean, in the last three seasons, he's had at least three sacks, which is you know more than Jerry Tillery or Justin Jones has been able to do, and more than Limbaugh Joseph was able to do last year. Nine and a half sacks over the past three years. So I think that you can just use bodies at that position if you're getting veteran guys, especially a guy like this who's not super old. I mean, I think it's definitely worth a shot, and I do think that this is a position that I'm worried about. I mean, I don't know exactly who's going to be lined up where at this point just because of the skill sets and the changing of what the Chargers are going to do schematically, but I do think this is a guy that, although I'm not saying, hey, you know, this is a guy that would have changed the tide for the Chargers defense, could definitely understand why he makes a list like this because I also agree that the Chargers on the defensive interior are not where they need to be especially, you know, when a new season where you don't know how some of these guys are going to fit. But we do have one more segment to get into because we are going to be getting into some voicemails. Appreciate you guys calling in. So we'll talk about why the Chargers can't find a kicker, what we've thought so far in free agency, and also if the Chargers need to draft a running back or a safety coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. I know that some of you guys, if you don't bet right now, you should be wondering, why would I even start betting when it's not football season? But I would just tell you that March Madness is probably the best time of the year to bet. It's where you're going to get the best odds on little teams like Loyola of Chicago going up against the big dogs and being able to make some really good money off of it. I know I already have so far during this tournament because of all of the wild upsets that we've seen so far. And you guys could be doing that too. And the best thing about it, you could even get some free money with betonline.ag because you guys are our listeners. If you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On, all caps from your online sportsbook experts, and you can get a 50% welcome bonus. That's free money to bet with only at betonline.ag. All right, guys. Well, I first want to just apologize because I always like getting your guys' voicemails. And if you don't know, the number is 323-524-7924 if you want to get your voice played on the Locked On Chargers podcast. But it's definitely slowed down over the last week or so. I know we haven't gotten to many of them, so it, you know why would you want to call them? But we are definitely getting back to voicemail time now that free agency is slowing down. And a lot of these voicemails are from about a week ago, so... There are some things in it that aren't relevant, but I think the ones we picked today 
have really relevant things in them that are good questions about what the Chargers have going on right now. So let's start with Zach from Florida who has a, a kicker question. And I mean, if you know the Locked On Chargers podcast, you know we're always talking about kickers. So let's hear what Superfan Zach has for us this week. Hey guys, Zach from Florida here. So I have a question of about one of our other positions that we have talked about, but not fully in depth. Why have we never had an all-star kicker? Ever since I've been watching, we had Nate Kading, who was solid, but never great. And then we've just had such bad luck with kickers. Let's even look at recently. We drafted Young Wei Koo, and he sucked for us. And we brought in Badgley to replace him. But if you look at last year, who flourished in Atlanta and just today got re-signed to their team and Badgley completely sucked for us. And there's talk by multiple people of replacing him. So why has this team never been great at the kicking position? I want to know your thoughts and bolt up. So this is a good question, Zach, because obviously the Chargers kicking situation is not where it needs to be with Michael Badger right now. I think we all hope that he can bounce back, but there's no one in the building that we feel great about. You also don't want Michael Badger to be the next Young Waku or Josh Lambeau, who have both been ridiculous since they've left the Chargers. So I will say that the Chargers didn't draft Young Waku. They just brought him in. I know that you'd said that, but either way. It doesn't really matter. They released him, and since then, since he went to the Falcons, he's kicking 92.3% of his field goals in, and he's made nine out of his nine 50-plus-yard field goals, which hurts even more. Josh Lambeau is now the third most accurate kicker in NFL history with a 95% accuracy rate right now, and that's with you know his years with the Chargers. He was only about 81% when he was with the Chargers, so we've seen kickers leave, David, and then have success other places. We've also seen Chargers have really good kickers like Nate Kading, who kicked close to 90% in his career, but failed in the clutch. So I definitely understand the question, but I do think it is hard to be one of those elite kickers. I mean, there's a reason why Adam Vinatieri stays around so long. There's a reason why Robbie Gold stays around so long. There's just not a ton of those guys. I mean, even Steven Goskowski has stuck around and people are still trying to get more out of him. I mean, there's just not a lot of teams you can think of that you're just like, that team has an elite kicker. Yeah, I mean, the Justin Tuckers of the world are awesome, but they are few and far between. But that's why there's only 32 jobs in the NFL. I mean, this is the highest level of production. You have the most pressure, and yeah, you have one job, and we say it all the time in a joking manner, but... The kickers are extremely important. I mean, they win and lose football games. And I think the Chargers and their special teams unit over the last couple of years can show you that that is the truth. If they had a kicker that was more consistent, that made their field goals at a more successful rate, then they would have won several more football games. But, I mean, there's no rhyme or reason or, or secret formula. I mean, I think when you get to this point with professional kickers, I mean, it's just them having confidence and them going out there and repeating their ability. And, yeah, I mean, would it be lovely to have a kicker that, you know, is automatic like a Justin Tucker? I mean, yes, but, I mean, that is so difficult to find. So I think the Chargers are hoping that Michael Badgley can get back on track and get his swagger back and get his confidence back. And go out there and do his job. But, I mean, yes, there's 32 jobs, and yes, it's very coveted. But if you don't do your job, they will cut you and find someone that can. 
Or at least that's what most teams do. So you never really know what the charges. But I think the other thing is, too, is it's hard to find great kickers in college that translate. And the other thing is, is if a team has a really good kicker, they're probably not going anywhere. So I think that's partially the reason the Chargers haven't just been able to find a guy that's just sitting out there to bring in and be like, I know you're a proven guy that is going to come in and be very good for us. But let's get to the next voicemail. This time we have Joe from Jersey who used to come in with his post-game reports. Let's hear what he has for us this offseason. Hey, guys. Joe from Jersey. and giving you guys a call. I'm looking forward to the NFL draft that's coming up. And As far as the draft goes, though, uh, obviously, it depends on what we're going to draft based upon the free agents that we sign. I don't think, I do not think we need to draft a safety, being that we drafted safety with uh, Gilman and um, Adderley. I think that's just going to show what a mistake uh, Telesco made. Uh, and then a running back. I don't really understand drafting a running back. I think we got enough, and we could find one. Uh, we got Balazs, and he wasn't great, but he was okay. Pope was okay till he got hurt, and then, you know, we let him go, but... I think they're a dime a dozen. I don't think we should draft a running back after drafting Josh Kelly, and then we can find something after that. I know Kelly's got to prove himself. I know Adderley's got to prove himself. But the draft kind of means that we failed in previous years. And that's kind of like a you know admitting that you failed for Telesco. I'm not sure I would do that if I were him because I would ride it on out with my second-round pick in Adderley and my you know fourth-round pick in Kelly. So what do you guys think? Thanks, guys. Be well. So the first thing I just want to say is if you're – Drafting people just to show that your other draft picks weren't a mistake, then that's awful, right? I mean, I don't think that, you know, Tom Telesco or, you know, any other general managers are necessarily above that. I mean, you you don't want to show that the guys you picked weren't the right picks in those situations. But the one thing I'll say about safety specifically is, yes, you mentioned Alohi Gilman, but who else is there, right? I mean, with Derwin James, you don't have a backup for him right now. And if you have Nazir Adderley and Alohi Gilman on the field as your two starting safeties... I don't think you feel really good about that. So I think the Chargers have a really good situation where they can bring in a safety and be like, hey, this is a depth piece, right? While also, you know, giving that guy a chance to potentially grow into a bigger role if that's due to injuries or if that's due to Nazir Adderley not being able to produce at the level that you think he needs to produce. And then also the fact that if you want to use Derwin James as that chess piece that Brandon Staley used Jalen Ramsey in, last season you gotta have another guy back there besides Nazir Adderley too so if that guy's a Lohi Gilman at this point we have not seen nearly enough to know that a he's going to fit in this scheme that Brandon Staley is rolling out or even that he can play at this level as a six round pick coming out of Notre Dame who was only so so on special teams as far as running backs go I agree with you I mean if the Chargers wanted to use one of their six round picks on a running back I could get behind it if it's the you know the right guy, and I agree with the guy that they took. But I do think that you can find value at that position in undrafted free agency, like they've done. And the first round running backs that they've taken have never worked out. So if they spend a really high pick on a running back, we know they you know interviewed with Travis Etienne. I think there's a lot to be desired as far as other needs on the team before you get there, especially on the defensive side of the ball because we haven't seen a lot there. But I do think at the same time, I mean. You have so many other issues that it's hard to justify taking a running back and spending money on a running back or a super high draft pick on a running back. But we are going a little bit long, so let's get into this last voicemail really quickly. This is coming from Curtis Lowkey with our latest voicemail. Let's hear what he has for us. Hey, guys. It's Curtis Lowkey. Man, we have uh, put ourselves in a little bit of a bind here. Um, I mean, again, I'm still super stoked about the Lindsay 
Lindsley uh, signing as well as the uh, Matt Filer signing and obviously the re-signing of uh, Mike Davis. Uh, kind of sucks, obviously, to see Hunter Henry go to the Patriots and uh, Denzel Perriman go to the Panthers. But, hey, man, it is what it is. Um, moving forward, though, just kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, one, how the free agency has went, and what other late things you think we're going to end up doing. I think at this point it's only obvious that Tom Telesco is in his depth-building uh, portion of his free agency period. I think we're going to wait until we can get guys on, you know, one-year, two, three-million-dollar deals. But with the potential, um, with the potential veteran tight ends out there, which ones would you guys like at this point? Um, I kind of already said my piece a few uh, episodes ago about uh, Kyle Rudolph and how I feel like he kind of fits what we've at least done in the past. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, love the show. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Go bolt. So David, I know we gave our free agent grades already, but if you're looking forward here and looking at what you think the Chargers need to do for the rest of free agency, now that we're in Tom Telesco's sweet spot of adding bargain deals, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think the Chargers have adequately addressed most of the needs on the offensive line and on the offense in general. I mean, I think you feel a lot better about it. If they sign in under Alejandro Villanueva to play left tackle, I, I think you're happy with that too. I mean, depending on what the contract looks like. But I think the rest of free agency is about building depth on the defense and trying to, trying to fill holes and supplement some value on that side of the football. I think they've made made a point of emphasis on the offense and very well founded of addressing the offensive line and I think we're all happy about that but there's so many things on the defense that need to get addressed I think they could bring in another corner that's out there that could provide some value I think they're thin at that position we already talked about safety we talked about defensive line I still think you can get a pass rusher out there at least take a flyer on somebody I just think they haven't done enough on that side of the ball and uh, that's where I would be looking at. I'd be looking to, to to see if there are guys out there that fit the scheme, that fit the chemistry of the team, that can come in and help because I'm not satisfied with the level of depth on the defensive side going in, going into even the draft. And yeah, if you're only filling depth, I feel like you feel okay about the draft as far as bringing in young players that you know could potentially step into larger roles if necessary and having Brandon Staley you know teach these guys from the moment that they get into the league but for me I think it's pretty simple I mean you have a starting cornerback position that is unfilled because of Casey Hayward leaving right now Brandon Faison seems to be the guy that would step into that role and I don't think any of us are comfortable with that and you need to bring in a veteran left tackle as well I think if you can at least get band-aids for those positions Right now, I think that puts you in a much greater position going into the draft. It makes you less predictable in that sense because they know you don't necessarily have to have it. Right now, teams know you have to have a starting offensive tackle coming out of this draft and a starting cornerback. So if you can fill those spots and at least have you know NFL average level guys ready to go out there and be a scab until you can develop someone else or until you know you feel good enough about your rookies going in there. I think that you have to do that. And as far as, you know, edge rushers, defensive interior, linebacker, safety, corner, all those positions where you need not, you know, only a starter in the case of corners, but also depth, you can find some of those guys in the draft because you do have 
nine draft picks. So I think the top of my list right now is you need starters at those two positions because those are the two big glaring holes right now as far as your frontline starters, the guys that are going to be out there first on Sunday. So I think that's absolutely where they have to try to attack for the rest of free agency and see if they can come away with some good deals and also fill in some depth as well before they head into the 2021 draft. But that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you guys for checking in with us. On tomorrow's show, we'll be talking about one website who gave the Chargers a D in free agency so far, and we'll talk about why that's super ludicrous that they would say that, especially given their reasoning. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or whether you listen on the radio.com app you can find us wherever you get your podcast from and subscribing is the fastest and easiest way to get the show if you guys want to give us your reactions to free agency tell us guys that you want to see the chargers bring in or even talk about the draft the phone number is 323-524-7924 and we try to get every chargers voicemail played on the show but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow until then take it easy and go bolts